Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Good, how are you? Very good, and uh, we, we didn't have an episode last week uh, for a couple of different uh, scheduling issues, but uh, it was able to put to the test the theory that the podcast has become somewhat cursed this year, and sadly, uh, it, the, the theory sort of held true given the fact that we experienced uh, two pretty good results over the last week. Uh, with a 2-1 win over Millwall at home, followed by a 2-0 win over Birmingham at home. So I don't know what that bodes for the uh, the f- future of the podcast, but um, if we, we start with the Millwall game, and it was it was great to sort of bounce back from a really poor performance against Brentford um, over the weekend um, with, with a, a relatively comfortable game, I guess I would say, against Millwall. Could have been a bit more comprehensive, I suppose, but... Pugh getting his first goal for the club in ultimately getting the winner, and Henriksen or Bowen, depending on um, on who you uh, who you listen to with the opener as well. It was a, a good performance from the boys. Yeah, I mean, and in regards to the Henriksen Bowen goal, I suppose it depends on what happens when they because I think they're trying to appeal to get it credited to Bowen so that well, he was yeah. Um, or something. I, I, I guess the importance of that is that um, if it puts if him onto goal, a twenty-goal season or something, I think. Yeah, and, and also I think the stat about consecutive home games scored in because he scored against. Oh yeah, that's well. right. It's, it was, I think it was eight, eight games. Eight games yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so I guess it's quite. It's, I mean, people sort of wonder, oh, what's the point of you know? Does it really matter? But for those, for those sorts of things, for those records, it can can be quite significant. Um, and, and to be fair, having just watched the the replay again, it it really it does look like he gets a touch to the ball. It does look like it deviates. I guess it's um, how much you want to you know, argue whether the the actual shot, the the accurate accurate shot, everything came from Henriksen. Um, but uh, you know, you've got to kind of say if if there's any sort of touch on it, you've, you've got to give it to the person with the last touch, surely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's always a tough one, but I suppose, like, yeah, to, in, in terms of technicality, I suppose last last touch gets credited with the goal. I mean, you see plenty of own goals where it's just an unfortunate deflection, you know, as much as as often as they are that they've skewed a clearance or something. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy that we got got the result against Millwall um, and then backed it up pretty well um, again on the weekend. Yeah, um, I guess there was a lot of... Uh, it, it was an interesting game, I suppose, the first league against Millwall and then against Birmingham, um, that after the Brentford... It, it, we always we seem to be sort of um, playing a hokey-pokey sort of situation with the playoff race where we um, we sort of get kind of committed to it. We're sort of on the, on the right track to go for the playoffs. Um, and then the minute we look like if we get the next result, we could actually move into the playoff places, as that Brentford game may have done. We sort of take that step back. And then wins against Millwall and Birmingham sort of put us back on um, back on track. And especially that Birmingham game, all the other results, I think Borough down, all dropped points, meaning that the three points against Birmingham were really valuable to get. Um, and, and, I mean, talking about the Millwall game, the, the Birmingham game was even more comfortable. Um, two, two goals from Bowen in the first half, uh, that first one very much becoming a trademark of his to have such a powerful finish into the net. 
um, and, and then dispatching the penalty in the second half where, when he, he was through on goal anyway and, and looked really dangerous. So um, it's really hard to read at this stage whether we... Uh, whether we're a genuine chance of the playoffs, whether it's, you know, you kind of don't want to get your hopes up too much and then they keep getting dashed, but you sort of just have to sit back and enjoy the ride, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about that just when we started, that I think last time we were on, um, we were just about, we we got to a point where I think I said, you know, we're, we're written off the chances of the playoffs and um, we were just happy to have been in a position where we we're even in the conversation. And then as soon as, you know, we've said that, then all of a sudden we're we're back in it. We're four points away from sixth spot now. Um, admittedly, uh, Bristol's got the game in hand on us, but it's still um, it's still really up or in the up in the air. It's 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 there for the taking if we can um, take advantage of the some of the fixtures we have in the coming weeks. Yeah, and we'll talk about those coming games in a second. We've got really important games against both Forest and Norwich that could basically define our season but um structurally i just i i wanted to sort of touch on um maybe this the slight change that adkins has made that really has proved um the difference potentially in the last couple of games i think as well the um the return of device and burke down back has certainly helped us but uh, mark Pugh moving into a starting position i think essentially taking you know in, indirectly taking kevin stewart's spot with irvine then dropping back to replace stewart I really like it. I think Irvine, as much as I quite like him going forward and as an attacking threat, I think he's better served in that deeper role um, where you've almost got a rotating midfield trio of Henriksen, Irvine and Pugh where they can all play that attacking role. Pugh maybe not so much on the defensive side of things, um, but Pugh just seems to to be a really strong creative force to have in that central spot where he, he can really help unlock teams. Yeah, well, I remember when when we um, when we signed him on on the loan, um, we sort of we were saying that you know he was cover for out wide, but we did know that he had the you know that he was also a possibility to play in that um, attacking midfield role, and I think um, he has had to bide his time a little bit, but I think all new signings do. Um, it's not really that often that. Um, not in the mid, not in the um, middle of the season that a new signing comes in and is thrown straight into the action, unless you're in, um, you know, dire straits. Yeah, so, and I think, and he's he was brought in as backup on probably our strongest position, which was the wing. You know, Bowen and Grzyki were in great form. It wasn't as if, you know, so, well, for instance, Chris Martin coming in. Um, if you're struggling for a striker option, he'll he might get thrown in straight away. But yeah, he's, he's kind of come into our, our strongest area. Yeah, and so he, he had to bide his time a little bit, but um, you know he's got a couple. He got a he got started to get some minutes, um, you know, late in the game out wide, and obviously he sh- showed enough in in his time on the park, and obviously he's been shown um, plenty in training because otherwise, you know, you, we know that Irvine can play has been playing that role very successfully this this year. You you would have Kevin Stewart as you mentioned back in that deeper role, or you know, there's we kind of got we got there's other there's players available so um well, yeah. yeah batty um one another one i couldn't think of but um and Evandra, who could which, start in that more attacking role yeah yeah which is like wild to think like even you look at the beginning of the season we we're saying how wild it was that batty was there as and you know he was the, a lock on that position and then all of a sudden yeah. we've we've flipped it all around again and he's nowhere even near the near the field anymore but um i think no it's been good and he's played really well the last couple of games um 
those two starts, he's been um, very influential. So, uh, you know, I hope that he stays fit for the rest of the season. And, like, he's got plenty of experience. He's a very experienced player, um, and he wouldn't have been able to, you know, play at a high level for so long if he wasn't quality. So it's good just to see some of those signings able to show that quality for us. And I guess um, taking a broader view, looking a bit more long-term, it's been a lot of talk in the media the last week or so about Adkins potentially getting a new deal. Would you want to see Pew offered a, a permanent contract for next season as well? And I mean, we sort of saw, we saw the club trigger a one-year extension for Henriksen's contract before the Birmingham game. Hopefully the club is starting to make a few moves to, to lock players and, and personnel down for next season. Yeah, I mean... It, they've got to start, like surely. Uh, I mean, I mean they have started. They've got Henriksen, but it sort of seems like the same sort of story. It sort of seems very slow, slow moving on the fronts that, like we would expect it. Like you would think at like Adkins. Um, I was reading the other day. Like yes, I think he's lost more games um, as manager for us than he has actually won games. But when you look at the broad picture of where he picked us up last year, he got us. You know, he's, we we escaped relegation last season, and this season to be where we are now—that's a remarkable, you know, twelve, uh, eighteen months in charge sort of thing. So it's quite, it's quite a funny one because I think when Assem was on the radio with Burnsy, he made some comment about how Nigel had sort of exceeded his expectations, which you know, sort of de- deconstructing that statement to sort of suggest that bringing this manager in, your expectations weren't to have him challenging the playoffs. Sort of says where they saw the club, first of all. But then, yeah, as you say, I mean, he's exceeding expectations. He's doing a better job than the club thought he could do, and yet they're still dragging their feet on giving him a contract. Is quite a bizarre one. And, and as you say, the position that he took over the club in, let alone the position the club was in at the start of this season, where a lot of people had us as certainties to go down, to instead be talking about challenging for a promotion players, any other club would be locking the manager down for the next couple of years, absolutely. And I think that's a concerning thing because it's the deadline's not far away, I think, even for Adkins himself. If we don't extend his contract soon, then I think he's free to be approached by rival right. clubs then. Um, I'm not, I just read something recently about it. It's not, I, I don't think he, he doesn't have to wait and don't think until the end of the season. Okay. Um, to be approached. So, and that, like, we then open ourselves up to another thing where you're going, like, are we going to wait too late to come to the table? You know, it's a negotiation process. We can't, I don't know why we, they want to leave the, all these things to the last minute all the time. Um, but in terms of personnel, like, Pew, I would absolutely offer him um, a deal. Then, it, But it just is going to come down to, like, I know they're talking about because we've got no parachute payments next season, they want to cut the wage bill again uh, to fit in line with being a lower mid-table club or something, I think is what the statement was that I read. So I expect there'll be more, you know, wage cutting. But in some of that's obviously going to be our expected departures. Um, yeah. You know, the, the ones that we've already we've already spoken about um, enough probably. But and you, and you I, I think, think, yeah. I mean, if, if we were to sell Bowen for, call it 10, 15 million pounds, surely within that you could find portion of budget for say Pew's wages and a portion of that for signing of you know a league one or a league two unproven winger as sort of a potential longer term replacement obviously Pew's a bit older he's not going to be around for that long 
But surely you could find that sort of money and then still pocket as much of it as you need to, to sort of draw down the debt or whatever. But it's things like that, which it just... I, I would not be surprised if we don't sign Pew and it's one of those situations where you just sort of let, let him go back to Bournemouth and then we struggle around for some League One player to, you know, or, or you know, um, some, some, some sort of middle-of-the-road player that doesn't really offer a whole lot that we'll sign for a million or two million pounds and doesn't actually end up doing much. Yeah, I'm not... It's it's concerning. I think... Um, I guess the, the forgotten man in this in all these equations is um, poor old David Malinkovic sitting on the pond, uh, sitting in the stands watching every week. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of... Yeah, I think... I think Pew already has shown enough that he deserves at least to be offered something. And I think he's one who would mitigate some of the losses that we all expect to incur next season. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. And um, I think a lot, it's hard because as long as there's sort of any hope of playoff places alive, I'm sure the owners are sort of trying to toe the line of, you don't want to commit too much to resources for next season that potentially are a waste of time, whether it's re-signing players who then end up not being used if we were to go up or, you know, committing players to contracts in the belief that we might be able to go up and then we don't. Um, so I do understand and appreciate there's that side of it, but you've got to be... At least the manager has to be um, has to be looked at for a contract. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, where we'll end up next season does fall on the next couple of games and, and none more so than the game against Forest this weekend. Um, I think after we went on our big run uh, from the end of October, Forest might have been the only or one of the only sides that we lost to during that, that great upturn in form. So they're certainly a side that we have to be wary about. Um, and, and they've had two wins in their last five, only one loss in their last five, though that was their last game, I believe. Um, and, uh, and and they're just above us on goal difference, really. Um, so it's as tight as they come, uh, and a win against them would certainly propel us up at least one place, potentially two in the table, if Birmingham weren't to win. Uh, and suddenly we'd only be potentially one point outside the playoffs. So um, how, how do you see this game against Forest shaping up, and, and just how important is it for our season? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be... It's going to be a tough, a tough game for us, um, but I think, I think um, if you know, if we got Device and Burke at the back, um, that's going to keep us in good stead. I think Device and Lehigh are maybe on the watch list a little bit, um, but I can't remember if that was for this game or if I'm thinking of last game. Um, but yeah, I think if, if they can come in, like, I, you know, we, we know that we can score goals, but we know that when we also know that when, you know, when device and Burke haven't been our partnership that we concede, yeah. you know, the, the stats are uh, pretty crazy, um, you know, for this second half of the season with, with, with them and without them. Um, so I think they're gonna they'll, that that defensive partnership um, and that defense the defense will play a big part in this game. Um, I've, I've, I'm, I'm no doubt that we can score goals. Um, I think I don't think it'll be a lot. It'll I still think it'll it'll be one or two goals, but I think we'll create plenty of chances. Um, 
but yeah, I think it'll be, I think it will be close. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really do think it depends on um, what defensive players we are actually able to put out on the weekend. Yeah, and then considering the fact that our um, our last couple of away games have been um, that two 0 loss to Derby and then the five one loss to Brentford, uh, it would really be a good time to, to to sort of right those wrongs and pick up a few points on our away travels. And I think you're right. I, I if we were to win the game, I think it would be something like a two one or a one nil sort of scrappy win. Um, but we generally have a good record against Forest the last few years from memory, so I, I do hope that we can can get going against them and, and really sort of give a late push to the playoffs. Um, the other game that we've got coming up is against Norwich, and Norwich were one that, when they were flying and, and they won, uh, I can't remember how many games it was, it was in a row, they came to the KCOM and uh, really looked to be basically, you know, smashing us by a tennis scoreline sort of situation, and, and we held them to a nil-nil draw, which was one of the first few sort of signs of the green shoots of recovery for our season, um, which was great to see. And, and we play them midweek, Thursday morning, our time, and I think it's actually televised as well, which will be great. Um, might try and catch that before work on Thursday. Um, currently, they're top of the championship, four wins from their last five, um, really sort of going back and forth between them and Leeds. But you never know. I mean, a bit of pressure goes on them, um, you know, chasing teams in Sheffield United and West Brom potentially closing the gap on them can do funny things late in the season and and there's every chance that we could get something against them whether it's a point or or three points Um, and it really I guess depends on how we go against Forest whether our confidence is up yeah that's what I was just actually gonna gonna say um, was that I think the game against Norwich may well depend um the result of that game may well depend upon our result against um, Forest. If we can go well against Forest, if we pick up a win there, I could I could easily see us then going and, and repeating a similar performance and picking up maybe two scrappy, you know, one nil wins in a row, um, and then being right and think of it. But I think the other the flip side is also true. I think if we if Forest beats, um, you know, if we lose to Forest, um, then I could easily see then. Um, Going, going, uh, going to Norwich, and them being full of confidence, and us, we're, we're sort of back in that sort of rocky, sort of not sure whether we're com- playing playing well or not, not confident, or, or you know, or are we confident? So, um, I think we, yeah, it's, I think the two, these two matches, without you know, putting too much emphasis on them because they're still you know nine games. Uh, 11 games to go so nine after these two um but they could well be season defining i, th- it, I think it's going to be like we're going to get six points or we're going to get you know one, one or zero sort of thing. i think yeah, yeah. well it's crazy when you think when you look at the table and the fact that from eighth to i think 15th there's only four points separating them and it's pretty remarkable that we're sort of able to maintain our place in the table uh it, it's not as if the sides below us are um uh, you know, four or five points behind us and giving us that bit of a gap so that if we drop points, we're not falling down the table. Um, we are actually sort of holding our own, getting the wins, getting the points ticking over uh, and and p- picking up our 50th point against Birmingham was, was great. And generally in the championship, I guess you'd say maybe about 45 to 50 points is, is what you need for safety. So um, it's sort of, I guess, the similar to the 40-point the barrier in the, in the Premier League of, you know, survival. Uh, 50 points is, is basically 
confirming our status for next season, which is, you know, it's, that's always the first aim. I guess the next aim is to finish top half, and then if we can secure top half is push on and, and make the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think chances are if we are to get results in these two games, they are going to be scrappy. Um, I think having Device and Burke back is great, and I think it's, you know, timed well for the run-in to have them fully fit. It is sort of one of those if-only situations where if they if Device hadn't gone off against Villa, maybe we would have won that game and, and maybe we'd be in a whole lot better position. But you have to play the cards that you're dealt, I guess, and, and just be happy that we've got them back for now. I think they're they're huge cogs in our season and it's great to see. And, and as new signings as well, young, exciting players, hopefully... This is another sort of situation where you would hope that the club would be talking about extending their contracts already you know, giving them longer contracts. And it's all part of that future planning that the club has really lacked ever since the Alums have been here, basically, where we don't ever look to tie a 21, 22-year-old player to a five-year deal. We always seem to look to do these two- or three-year deals with options for a fourth or third year rather than, you know, longer-term locking them down, even just to protect their um, resale value. Yeah, I think um, you sort of put the na- hit the nail on the head there. In terms of... Device and Burke, they are potentially, if we can maintain, keep them, the way they've grown this season, in their first season at the club, the way they've grown, the way they've formed that partnership together, they have the potential to be not only um, an important part of you know our f- football club and our spine, but they have the potential to be one of the most effective partnerships probably in the division, in the championship. I think if we were go, if we you know, um, did happen to get promoted, it's a completely different story. But in the championship, I think at this stage of their career being, yeah, as you, like 22 and 23 or 23 and 24 or something, that um, they're playing outstanding. Um, yeah, and, and, and to and, have... You know, when we sort of talk about what, what turned our season around, it, it was really them both finding their form because from that point, we've, we've really locked down the amount of goals that we've been conceding and we've looked a whole lot better defensively. Yeah, and I think um, I think we kind of maybe we look back a little bit, and we have to thank Villa for recalling Elphick. Yeah. Um, whatever whatever impact he had while he was there, I think it's his departure probably had the greatest impact in a sense. Like he left, and those two boys obviously said, "Okay, we've got to step in. We've got to fill this void now. There's, you know, we've got to step into these shoes," and they've really just done it with a plumb like for them for the most part they've been outstanding since um since elphick left and even before that they were both playing in um really well individually i think burke was playing out of position for most of the first half of that season out on the uh, right back a lot i think so um so uh, yeah they i think but you you are right when you say these are players that we need to be tying tying down long term um you know, those guys, guys like Dan Batty, you know, um, just, yeah, I don't, just don't know whether it's, whether whether they will or whether, you know, we know they're trying, they're trying to sell with the uh, cynical, you know, quotation marks around yeah. it. Um, but I, I don't know, they, they've always got, an eye on something in the future that they're waiting on that to sort out before they sort out what's in front of them now, if that makes sense. It's very, it's really strange. 
Yeah. It just it, it frustrates me, and I'm sure it frustrates you and, and many others. And I think this off-season is going to be the most interesting since we've been under the Alum's ownership because this is for the first time going into a new season where we won't have Premier League revenue backing up the club or propping up the club. Um, where before now, I think they've always had that as something that they could draw down on and, and something that would sort of be attractive to them for owning the club. Um, but, you know, as of now, there's no more Premier League money coming in. Arguably, you could say, well, well, they might wait for the Bowen and Krishiki money to come in when those players get sold. But then you have to think, well, after those players get sold, yeah, unless they kind of uncover another gem, if, you know, um, device, suddenly an offer comes in for device for $15 million or whatever, you're not really expecting a whole lot more money to come out of the club. They've kind of let it dry, so to speak. And so you have to think... They, they would have to seriously start looking at, at selling the club, if not over this summer, um, at some point next season. And, it, and it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah, oh, it's long overdue. That's all I want to, <laughs> want to say. Absolutely. Well, um, just before we, you go, I, I don't know if we got... We essentially got score predictions, but I guess um, for the Norwich and Forest games, are you backing us to get the wins? Or, or what's your what's your sort of overall feeling? Um, I, I'm going to say, I want, I'm going to go for four points. I'm going to go for a tight win over Forest and then a low scoring draw against Norwich. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I might, yeah, 2-1 win over Forest, I reckon, and maybe a 1-1 draw with Norwich. I, I agree with you on that one. Um, so thank you for joining me tonight, Dan. Not a problem. And thank you everyone for listening in. Until next time. Come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back, cause you're